Coming to you direct from the heart of New York City all the way to wherever you are, you're listening to the VIP Jazzwall Report. Robert Frost once said, a bank is a place where they lend you an umbrella in fair weather and ask for it back when it begins to rain. But Jean-Jacques Rousseau countered that by saying happiness is a good bank account, a good cook and good digestion. Well, ladies and gentlemen, there seems to be nothing you can't do on the internet these days from finding the love of your life to buying groceries to watching movies. In fact, any and everything you do in life, you can do online. In the last few years, the way we handle our money has also been impacted by technology. But when it comes to banking, I'm still a bit of an old school guy because my idea of a bank is one where there are real branches with real people that I can reach out to in person and maybe even give a slap on the face when they reject my loan or bounce my checks. I find that so heartwarming. But today it seems all that is changing because my two guests have brought to life a vision of having a bank that is invisible yet accessible on your phone and tablet. They're going to be telling us why we are being ripped off from our existing banks with excessive fees and how their product is going to make our lives easier. And according to one of them, they claim that we might, just might, fall in love with their concept of banking. My two guests are from Bank Mobile, and they are banking veteran Jay Sidhu, who is chairman and CEO, and Loveline Sidhu, the chief strategy and marketing officer of Bank Mobile. Welcome to the show, Jay. Oh, thank you very much. It's great to be on the show. Thank you. Loveline, welcome. Thank you. So excited to be here. Well, congratulations to both of you on opening Bank Mobile. Now, when was the official opening date? We launched officially our Phase 1 on January 14th. So it hasn't been too long, but it's been an exciting start for us so, so far. You know, it's hard for me to get to grips with the fact that I'm congratulating you on something that actually doesn't exist in bricks and mortar. Yeah, it's, it's quite surprising. I guess it's the new way of banking that we're so excited about and really think is going to disrupt banking going forward. Um, you know, the reason that we thought this was so important to have a digital uh, motivated bank is to really be able to change the way you bank. So instead of waiting 25 minutes, mm. going to the bank branch, sending in your signature card, you can now open your bank account in less than five minutes by taking a picture of your driver's license with your mobile device. Now, just to be clear, most banks provide internet banking, but Bank Mobile is a 100% internet bank. Am I right? That is correct. You can do all your banking mm. on your mobile device, on your tablet device, or even on your desktop. Okay, great. Now, Jay, is you're a banking veteran, so is this the best time in the economy to be setting up another bank? You know, we're the banks, unfortunately, in the last couple of years mm. have stopped lending. They have started charging fees. They blame the regulators for a lot of the problems. They blame the economy for a lot of problems. So in my opinion, the best time to be in business is when times are tough. And you have a great opportunity when customers are frustrated. And I think all of that exists right now. You're absolutely right. You know what? I just want to know, with interest rates so low, banks having been bailed out, um, why are the banks not lending anymore? You know, I I think what's been going on is that banks have uh, were really hit hard 
in 2008 with the deep recession. Mm. And the regulators got all over them. And uh, everybody was saying, we got to find the people responsible for that. And there's no question about it. Banks were quite a bit responsible for our problems. And so they became extremely internally focused. And the regulators demanded that you spend money to have more controls. So they've been very internally focused. They've been just sort of watching their rear ends. They don't want to see any more fines. And they are not looking at innovation as an opportunity, but they're looking at problems as a challenge for them. But Jay, don't these regulations apply to you now that you've opened Bank Mobile as well? Yes, they do. But we think regulations are always, you can either look at them as a problem or you can look at them as rules under which you have to operate. You know, mm. I sort of look at this as if you can't stand the heat, get out of the kitchen. So we think regulations, if they are defined properly, and I think they are defined properly today, you can really operate a flourishing business as long as you're focused on what the customer is looking for and make them say, wow, it's about time you did this for me. And that includes lending money. Now, Levelyn, this uh, this is directed to you. What gave you the idea of setting up Bank Mobile? Because it's it's just an internet bank. Um, mm-hmm. Where did that come from? So we share this vision that mm. the whole world is moving ahead in terms of innovation and technology and putting the customer first. But we just feel that it's so unfortunate that banks have lagged behind in innovating. And so we really wanted to create a new standard of mm. banking where it's convenient and seamless. And more importantly, I think we view as totally unethical the amount of fees that are being charged to Americans. $32 billion in just overdraft fees were charged last year. Underbanks being charged 10% of their income on fees. And we wanted to change that by creating an absolutely no-fee banking experience. Give me an understanding of Bank Mobile. Where are your call centers? We have an internal call center mm. uh, that's open six days a week, 14 hours a day, and each of our customers is assigned their own personal banker. So anytime that they have any question at all, they can reach out directly to their personal banker by calling them or by emailing them, and they will be answered immediately with no wait times. Now, which is the and seventh? It's in San Antonio. Okay, which is the seventh day that you're not open? It's on Sunday it's on for Sunday. now. And we're moving towards seven days a week, but needed to start with this system in place of six days. Right. And obviously, if you sort of call in, uh, how many languages do your reps speak? Uh, we have English and Spanish. Jay, you're a veteran now. Um, how are you different from other online banks like Ally Bank and Simple Bank? You know, I really commend those banks. They were among the first ones to Mm. get things going. But Ally Bank is all based upon paying high rates because they don't have branches. And Simple was based upon just offering a prepaid card or a checking account, and that's it. Mm. So we believe a bank is supposed to offer you a checking account, savings account, lines of credits, loans, make your life easy, make you feel good, be FDIC insured, look at savings 
safety, look at security, have a personal banker, give you 55,000 ATMs all around the country. And like Lavlene was saying, give you access to a human being also. Because bank branches are good when you have a problem because you can go and talk to a human being. So we are different from those banks because we got everything that you would expect in a bank branch in the palm of your hand. And the others have some aspects of it, but not everything. You know, I was checking their websites this morning, and they also offer 55,000 free ATMs, no overdraft fees, no minimums. Um, So where do you think your competitive edge is? If you're looking at Simple, Mm. um, Simple is not offering a full suite of banking products. So all they're offering is a checking account. Mm -hmm. We're offering checking account, savings account, joint account. Mm -hmm and lines of credit. So just from a product perspective already, we're so much broader in terms of that offering. On top of that, it's not just about products because they're commodities at the end of the day, but Mm. about creating an experience. And we do that through our personal bankers and also giving our customers access to a free financial advisor to help them make financial, healthy financial decisions. So you're authorized to make investment decisions or recommendations rather? Correct. If everything is free, um, then how do you make money, Jay? We uh, we make money mm. every time somebody uses their debit card in lieu of cash, and that's become you know so standard today. This morning I was at McDonald's, and I was the only one who took out five dollar bill for a cup of coffee. Everybody else had a card in their hand. Right. So every time you use a card. Merchants pay you about 1.2 to 1.3% for that because they're guaranteed the money access. So we make money by interchange fees. Second way we make money is by making loans. So when we get the deposits, we turn around and make the loans, and so that is called an interest income, net interest income. That's it. We don't have to spend money. Because... You guys don't have branches, and branches cost money in terms of leasing and, and uh, manpower and things like Are you able to offer higher deposit rates than banks? Yes. We certainly are able to do that. And whenever you have a branch, mm-hmm. typically for every $100 that exists in a branch, about $2 to $2.50 are spent by the bank to just pay the landlord and pay the utilities and the compensation expense or the salary expense of their, of their employees. We don't have that. No, we, have, we spend $0.50. Cents. Mm-hmm. So we take the other 150 and we guarantee the customers you will earn higher rate on your savings. We guarantee them all these access to different ATMs and the technology and and all the things, and we charge a lower rate than credit cards on all the lines of credit that we extend to all our clients. And so right the now bottom, our savings rate is hmm. 0.75%, which is 75 times more than the largest four banks, just to put it in perspective. So if I was at City, how much would I get? It's about 0.01% at this point. Wow. And ours is 0.75%. Wow. Lovely. And who's your ideal customer? So obviously, you know, the vision, when you had the vision, who were you targeting that you think are not being served apart from the majority of America? Yeah, our motivation with Bank Mobile is to really reach out to the underbanked, to the middle-income Americans, mm. and to the millennial generation that are struggling. They're overburdened with debt, and they're looking for a financial partner that's going to help them save money, make money, and protect their money. And that's what we're really doing with our fee-free 
seamless, effortless product. Well, you know, if you're attracting customers who are overburdened with debt, and, and obviously one of the highlights is you have no overdraft fees, then are you um, profiled as a higher risk bank because all your customers are living off credit? So we still have high standards in place. Mm. We want to make sure that we don't ding and reject people that have made mistakes in the past but have remedied them and are really focused on creating a strong financial future for themselves. But at the same time, we do have standards in place. We do uh, check to see that, you know, people that we're accepting will be good customers and uh, will be loyal customers as well. And how do you do that? We have checks in place um, that, you know, different data and data centers and vendors mm. that look at your past banking experiences as well as your credit health. So you're and not – go ahead, Jay. Yeah, and here's what we we do is we also offer, like Lavleen was saying, financial advice. Yeah. So people can make mistakes. And when you do financial advice, we help them. We show them how you can improve your credit score. Improving your credit score also reduces the cost of your borrowings. But we have the same rate, which is an attractive rate for the credit. And we're going to be adding others. So a job of a bank is to make sure that their customers succeed and they are successful and they pay off their loan. Because when we lose money, if our customers don't succeed. So that's why financial counseling and financial consulting Mm -hmm. and having a personal banker, in in our opinion, is absolutely critical to a successful banking operation. And we run a real strong bank. We have $500 million plus of capital. But, you know, Jay, you know, um, when I look at the ads for the banks, they're always talking about that personal level of service, each one saying there's a some sort of a personal representative. But now with bank mobile um, being even more isolated in terms of you don't have a physical presence, people in my generation, um, how could you sort of pacify them and say that it's going to be a personal experience when I'm online or even on the it- phone? Am I talking to a real person, first of all? Yes. First of all, whenever you talk to someone Mm. or you email them, it'll be a real person and not some automated email response or, you know, press one, press three and hide and what's your number. No. And uh, we have, as an example, uh, I think right now we are planning to make sure that the wait time is never more than a minute and a half to two minutes. It can happen that it Mm -hmm. would be above that, but we have planned our system so it's never above that. Now, you're making a very good point that, you know, the safety and the security and the feeling that you can walk in and, like you said, you can slap on somebody who (laughs) didn't give you the loan or whatever. I think you're right. There will be some people who will say, to me, I have all the time in the world and I don't mind getting free coffee and cookies in a bank and let me go in there. And, yes, uh, research has indicated about 70% of the people say it's a pain in the neck for them to go to a bank, but 30% of the people love it. So we cannot please everyone, right. but we believe as they get the awesome experience, they will feel more comfortable, and especially when they feel the security is addressed for them. Now, you and know, you, right. you've been in the banking business for so long. Um, I still can't get over the fact that I have ATM fees to play now to pay because I have to pay to get my own money out and an ATM is 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 a machine so the cost is fixed 
and, and, and it's just a ridiculous concept that I have to – they make money from my money. When I want to draw out my money, I have to pay. Money. And, and that's what I find is unethical. I mean, the, the, are the regulatory bodies not doing anything about that? Uh, you are so right, Rip, when you say it's unethical. I'll give you an example. Mm. Last week, I transferred my IRA account, which was with a mutual fund, to another one because I ended up buying some stock in our own company yesterday that was made public. So anyway, so that person, that firm who bought the stock for me, ended up having an account, for, opened up an account for me at one of the New York banks. So they had my money. They had it for several days. They gave me one cent interest and charged me $35 for an incoming transfer of funds. Can you imagine that? Even if my money sat there for two years, I would have made less than $35 in interest. That is a ripoff. It did not cost them 35 bucks. They enjoyed my money. They paid me a cent and they made five cents on it. Now, recognizing it's only five cents, but that's what it is. Now, part of Bank Mobile has a certain revolutionary element to it. Um, and in every revolution, there are always people who wish to resist you from succeeding. Now, what are the, some of the challenges, Jay, that you faced that you've had to overcome in setting up this bank? Well, there were lots of them, but, you know, there's there nothing compared to the challenges I faced when I came to America, mm. where I spent the first day in a homeless shelter. But anyway, let's talk about this. The, we believe that any time you stick your neck out, there are about 10 people who want to chop it off. But the, but the ability to look at a challenge as an opportunity, the perseverance, the determination. We had challenges with regulations. We had challenges with technology. We had challenges with processes. We had challenges with the security. We had it. We we hacked our system. We wanted to make sure that that you know things would work, and not everything worked at the same time. Mm-hmm. We had situations where we felt maybe we have to abandon this. It, this was not a smooth sailing from day one to launch. We thought we could launch this in about six months. It took us about almost 18 months. Wow. But at the end of the day, it is the thrill of achievement and a thrill of excitement and the, the whole idea of it being live. Nothing beats that. But, you know, um, is the banking community fearful of you because – now, if you're not off, if you're removing overdraft fees and ATM fees, they're going to have to copy uh, the same model, um, only because their customers are going to say, "Well, I'm going to go to Bank Mobile." So, was there resistance from the existing banks about you guys forming? Yes, I was asked to speak at a banking industry conference. Uh, in Chicago about three months ago, Vip, and I, they said, can you please send us your PowerPoint presentation the night before? Mm-hmm. I did. Okay? Mm-hmm. And I compared bank mobile to traditional banks. Mm-hmm. They called me up, please, our f- people who are over here and the ones who are paying us the fees and the members are all traditional banks, and they're going to get very upset. So take this transparency off. I said, I will not speak if you ask me to take that off. 
Wow. And I did not have friends, but I got 4.7 on a scale of 1 to 5 in rating. And the same firm, same organization told me you had the highest rating among any speakers. Now, that is a thrill, but I, I'm glad I stood by it. And for a moment, I thought maybe I should take it off. What's the big deal? Yeah. But I said, listen, we are in this business to disrupt. We are not in the business to please peoples and joint fraternities. Well, you know, anytime you disrupt uh, a financial situation, it always develops uh, what I like to call the fear factor. Uh, and let's address some of the fears because I, I spoke about you guys to some of my friends and we're all sort of over the hill. Um, and I want to take this one step at a time. Okay. Is, you know, when you open an account, they give you these 10 pages that you never bother reading. So there's a legal relationship between a consumer and a branch-based bank. Hmm. Is there any change to all that jargon when someone opens an account online, say, with you guys? No, there isn't. Regulation, there are a couple of regulations which are absolutely critical when Mm. you open a deposit or you open a credit relationships to them. Uh, One of them is called Bank Secrecy Act. Another one is Know Your Customer. Another one is Regulation E, which is Electronic Funds Transfer Regulation. Mm -hmm. Another one is, uh, then you can keep going on and on. So uh, what we do is duplicate a branch experience and make sure that we are absolutely compliant. And that is one of the other big differences between these neo startups and fintech firms and us, which we are a bank. We are a solid bank. We have to follow all these regulations. So uh, regulations, like I said, sometimes are essential. They are based upon a belief. Everybody reads every word. And you're right, they don't. But we have to, when you open an account with us, Mm -hmm. and you will have to be shown the regulation, and you would have to be asked, please accept, and we hope you read it. Well, you know, I was on a blog uh, earlier this morning, and, and the question was, are online banks 100% immune to security issues? The answer was absolutely not. But it goes on to say, however, when it comes to banking online, much of the risk is in the, is in the customer's hands, not the institution's. Online banks can be a financial tool or threat. It really depends on how you choose to use them. Mm-hmm. Um, ultimately... Jay, who is responsible for handling the risk and who assumes the loss for the money if there's been a fraud or things like that? Rip, it's always the banks. You always saw the target. You saw the target hacking the mm-hmm. Home Depot, the Best Buy, and go list goes on and on. Right. And all those instances, the losses for the retailers were from lower sales for a time being. The financial losses were borne borne by the banks who issued the cards because one of the regulations you were asking me about, and I said Reg E, well, Reg E guarantees to the holder of the card that the bank that gave you the card, if there was any fraud involved in that transaction, you bring it to the bank's attention, and the bank has 10 days to do its investigation, and the conclusion is, you are right, Mr. Customer, you will never face a loss. That's why today, in spite of millions of dollars, millions of cardholders being compromised, which is so darned unfortunate, but people did not give up using their cards because it still is a very safe way to conduct payments and conduct business. Now, 
to me, the biggest fear that customers should look for is what you touched on, is really their personal identity. And their identity crisis or stolen identity is one of the biggest problems. And that can happen through people that you click on an email that came to you, or people got to your mailbox when the bank statement came, or you went to a restaurant and the person who were there, the waiter, took your card and copied your secret number from the back of your card and your name. Those are the kinds of things, and I think people should be very careful in looking at their statements they ever see any transaction that doesn't belong to them, they should immediately call their bank. And it's not a bad idea to once in a while to even have your credit Mm. report issued to you and see if there were any inquiries or any transactions that are not yours. Because you should not bear that loss. You as a customer should not bear that. Now, you know, when, when we talk about online security, we're always told that banks typically do not reach out to customers asking for sensitive information via the web or the phone, and that's how you guys operate. So um, if you guys have to say, call me because you feel something is wrong in my account, how will the other person know it's me when they do a security check? Because that's I still have point. to give my password or something like that, right? That's a good question, uh, Rick. First, first of all, is whenever you get an email, mm. if you have a smartphone, you just touch that. It'll give you the address where this email is coming from. The fraudsters will make it look like it's coming from a bank, and you will see it coming from Eastern Europe or Asia or someplace else. Mm. You know, and and that is your first. So first thing is never or click on anything on an email that you don't know where it's coming from. If it says your bank and it just doesn't look real to you, press it and it'll tell you where it's coming from. If that doesn't have the bank's name.com behind it, mm-hmm. ignore it, get off. Third thing is never share your password or Press your password in front of other people that they can watch because lots of people can be taking pictures of transactions. And it's happened at ATMs. As an example, people take, took photographs of people putting in their PIN numbers even and then steal the card and go back in. These are the kinds of basic common sense security stuff. If you really watch this and you watch your statements, you are absolutely safe from an identity point of view because even if somebody has stolen your your credit card number or your checking account, you mm-hmm. will be reimbursed by the bank. So we're fully protected in, in any way, shape, or form. And, and talking about protection, um, and Lovelyn, I'll come to you, but Jay, I just wanted to ask you. In 2011, HSBC, the bank, confirmed that it suffered a failure of its banking network. The systems crashed, cash machines stopped working, cards started getting rejected. You guys survive on technology. And, you know, the most recent uh, issue we had was with that uh, movie by Sony Pictures. I think the interview when everything was hacked, emails were hacked. What if you guys were hacked into um, and even your backup systems were hacked? What happens to the customers? We have uh, three layers of communications and duplications in Mm -hmm. our case. Now, there is a theoretical chance that all three could be down, you know, and I'm sure HSBC is a very good bank, but, you know, they had problems. Barclays had the same kind of a problem. Uh, TD had the same kind of a problem over here, you know, and, and all these things, all these institutions, 
uh, do have bank branches. Our call center will be open, like Lovelene was saying, and you can send, you have personal banker, you can send them emails. Even if they're not open, they're getting those emails. You know we are a real bank, so you can, you have a communication to anybody else other than the person who's at the call center. You can connect with us through so many different ways because it's a normal website of the bank or the the telephone numbers which are indicated, the board of directors, the top management. We are a real company, real bank, which is regulated. You can always call FDIC. You can call Federal Reserve. They'll get in touch with us. So the point I'm making is, unlike certain startups or the technology companies, a real bank is always available by law. We cannot be off for more than three days. And the reason for the three days is you, know, you have a Monday or a Friday as a holiday. Right. But the bank will always, you have to allow the bank customer to be in touch with you all the time. Now, when you did your contingency planning, and like you said, you know, if, if you have three, three layers and if all three were sort of compromised, what's in your ideal world, what's the turnaround time where you can get things kick-started and uh, back up working? Uh, first of all, I would hope that you never have disconnected because the chances of three layers being compromised all simultaneously mm. means there was an earthquake plus a hurricane plus a devastating situation happening all at the same time right. because they are not in the same city. They're not in the same geography. You know, you spread them out, and they're not all connected to the same uh, electric grid. You know, so we put all that. Now, if that happens, but let's say all that happens, I would suggest to the customer is you just take, look at the website, look at the name of the president, and in our case, it's, it's, it's an example, me plus my colleagues, send us an email. Our telephone numbers are listed. Call us. Okay. They're all listed on the website, and we will get back to the customer. That is the kind of... Uh, expectation that customers should have from any business, especially from a bank. It's not just us, any bank. And and uh, and you should be able to get in touch in case of a disaster. I'll tell you at 9-11, I was sitting in my office uh, within 30 minutes after that unfortunate incident. We were talking to the Department of Treasury, and we had no lost communications. Even the ones we had some operations at that time in New York, and we found a way to get in touch. There were disruptions, but the systems were not down. Even New York Stock Exchange was operational, as you know. Times can be tough, but I think customers should have a peace of mind that this in, in America, you will your money is safe. You're guaranteed. It's the government of the United States that puts the FDIC seal behind it. And that's always a consolation. Now, lovely. Um, yeah. One of the concerns my, my, my old friends had was lack of documentation. They love paper. Yeah. <laughs> so okay. their question was, some of them work with the whole, still the old concept of cash and check. Mm -hmm. Now, where do they go to deposit a check? So you can deposit a check directly from your mobile device or mm -hmm. your tablet device or your desktop. So it's called remote deposit capture. Mm -hmm. You just snap a picture within the application. It will lead you step by step on how you have to do it. You snap a picture of the front of your check as well as the back of your check. Mm -hmm. And then once the check has been deposited into your bank account, you will receive a text alert letting you know that those funds have been deposited. 
Now, here's an unusual one for the millennial generation. Where can I deposit cash? Yes. So for cash, uh, you actually would have to get a money order or write a check. And then you would be able to deposit that amount into the app using the same process that I just described. But no, I'm not understanding that. Look, so I have, uh, say, about $1,000 in $100 bills. Now, I want to put that into my account. Mm-hmm. Um, so guide me. I'm, I'm, I'm standing on Main Street. What do I do? Where do I put – do I give this cash to another bank? Mm-hmm. So what you have to do mm. is that you go to um, a retailer or the post office, retailers such as Walmart mm. or the post office, where you take your cash right. and they will write you what is called a money order for the amount of your cash. Okay. And then that money order – You snap a picture of it using Mm. your banking application, the front and the back, and that money is deposited in the same way as I described earlier, a check would be deposited into your bank account. And then you would receive the text alert once that amount on the money order has been deposited into your account. And how long is that before I receive that alert usually? Well, it depends on the amount of funds being deposited. So if it's under... $200, it will be deposited the same day. Uh, If it was under $600, it would be deposited within two business days. Mm. And if it's greater than that amount, within three business days. That's the only glitch I find in in the online banking experience because I think – and luckily, I mean, we're using less and less cash anyway. A lot of people use credit cards and debit cards. Mm -hmm. Um, But I guess for those people who deal in cash – Sounds dubious, isn't it? Um, that might be a bit of a hassle. I mean, can they not? If a lot of people have multiple banks, mm-hmm. can they just go to their other bank and then deposit it and then send it to you? Of course. So you can transfer money from any of your other bank accounts mm. into your bank mobile account with just a click of a button. Yep. That might be the best way, Vip. You are so right that you can have any account and then automatically you don't even have to do anything in terms of taking any pictures. But you are right. If you don't have another bank account and you have cash, Mm. it's a little bit of a hassle. And it will probably also cost you 50 cents to get a money order. Yeah. It's not free. (laughs) No, but you know what? Nothing's perfect in life. And at least the the majority of what you do is so convenient. You're going to have one or two sort of – and I guess any online bank would have the same issue, right? That is correct. Yeah. Um, Levelyn, what if I lost my phone? Well, what are the issues there? I mean, how do I do I, I need to get in touch with you guys ASAP? Do you guys use my phone as a form of recognition or how does it work? Correct. So the first step would be to get in touch with your personal banker, mm-hmm. either through email or to call them, and they'll get back in touch with you uh, as soon as possible, obviously from a fo- phone, <laughs> right then and there in real time. Mm-hmm. On top of that, you can access your account not just through your mobile device, but also through a tablet device mm-hmm. and the desktop. So if you have one of those other options available to you, you can also go into Um, your application, and click on a feature that we have called debit card on-off. Right. And this is the ability to, in real time, turn off your debit card if you think it has been compromised for any reason. And that's really to empower uh, each individual to be able to protect themselves. Now, I wanted to ask you, I went onto your website and I saw uh, 
a section on how I can open an account from just a photo ID. Correct. Is that really safe? Yes, it's just as safe as using um, our banking application, which we've shared with you um, how no, no, safe no. it is. Uh, yep. No, sorry, sorry if I'm just jumping in. But, you know, like if I go to a branch, there's mm-hmm. a person there who holds my passport or my driving license mm-hmm. uh, physically. These days, I mean, couldn't I superimpose someone else's photo with all the sort of um, web, uh, what do you call that, software artwork and, and make it look real like the real thing? Yes, it's very possible. Right. And, and that's why we've spent so much time and hired cybersecurity experts to really help us implement the most robust um, you know, possible security measures. One thing, for example, that we can do mm. is we know where you are when you take that picture of the driver's license right. because every phone is equipped with geolocation capabilities. Every smartphone is equipped with this. But so you can switch can, it off. Sorry? But you can switch it off, You can switch it off. But we, in essence, have the opportunity to to check whether the address that is on your driver's license matches up with where you are taking the picture. And, yes, as you just said, it will not always work, but that's just an example of another check that we have in place. No, but if I'm living in New Jersey and I'm I'm holidaying in Miami, Mm -hmm. so if I decide, you know what, I'm going to give Bank Mobile a try, I think they deserve my money, I'm going to open an account. Would I get refused because I'm living in Miami? I'm I'm, I'm holidaying in Miami? Vip, let me, can I take a not. shot at that? I'll tell you a couple of things mm. which maybe uh, I'll still be, you know, because these are security features which we don't want to make public. But what happens in your example was a very good example. Mm. So what happens, we take a picture of the of the driver's license. Yeah. Second thing is immediately we have already gotten authorization by giving all those disclosures that we can verify and check you. Okay. So when you walk into a bank branch and you show your driver's license, they go through what's called a checks system. Check system gets gives you a credit access to a, a credit bureau as well as to a data file of all the fraudsters who ever ripped off a bank because that is basically the so-called check system. Mm-hmm. So we do the same thing instantaneously. And then we ask you five, four to five security questions. But you don't know the inform- answers because you don't know me yet. No, but those are questions like, well, what's the color of your house? What was the what kind of a car do you own? Did you you do, is your car leased or purchased? And and uh, because we know all that. Oh, you do from yes. Now, yes, because you've already authorized us, just like you authorized a bank branch. Mm. In a bank branch, in fact, chances of an identity theft if some if a human being doesn't follow all the procedures right. are greater in our case the procedures are automatically followed if if in a bank branch everybody does follow the procedures then it's the same security but otherwise so we do check that about you know we we as an example last week unfortunately or fortunately for us but unfortunately because you you want to be sure that the ones you are rejecting are not just uh, you know a mistake somewhere but we thought we caught fraudsters because they you know there was a in our opinion our system picked them up as bad driver's licenses and and then they didn't know what kind of a car they had or a home or the color or what was the lease who was it leased from what's the payment on that those are the kinds of question when was your house built 
you know, who, who is the bank that you have the mortgage from? Who has, do you have a second uh, mortgage loan on your house? Uh, and which is the bank? Those are the kinds of questions we ask because that information is readily available instantaneously to us from the credit report. And a few other methods, and then we do pass them through a list of fraudsters in the country, and and our systems have already detected people because every time you have a bank like this, you know, among the people who try to get to you, also happen to be fraudsters. Oh yeah, absolutely, because you make it look easy, but I guess behind the scenes, there's a lot of research and 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 a lot of access to information about me. Yes, and we hired, like I mentioned to you, hackers. Uh, professional hackers to come on in. And, oh, you uh, did? You can, you can make mistakes. You know, you want to be sure mm. that to the best of your ability, but like you said, nobody can guarantee with use, using your example of Sony, and I would even use an example of the Central Command of United States Army and the White House. All of them have been hacked. Right. I was at the Federal Reserve yesterday. They told us they were hacked at some time in the last few months. So, so anybody can be hacked, but it's important that the information that they get cannot be used against you, and that your personal privacy is not compromised. Well, your what type of identity is not compromised? What type of customer won't you allow to be a part of Bank Mobile? Do you need a certain credit score or no? Uh, we do not require a credit store score to uh, to open an account, but mm. we will not permit someone who is not authorized legally to be in the United States because the government rules prevent us to open accounts from people who don't have social security or a driver's license or those kind of identity. Right. You know, so that it gets to be. And the second thing is there is a list of which we bankers have created ourselves. We bankers, I mean all the banks in the United States, share this information. And that is the people who have misused or taken advantage of a bank. We will not allow them uh, to come in. And then there is another list, which uh, are the sort of uh, online uh, fraudsters. You know, and uh, there is a list like that that does exist, and uh, we match it instantaneously against that. And if that shows up, we will not let you open an account. One of the things also I found, you know, you guys make it look very easy. Um, Another thing I found interesting was you log in using a four-digit PIN. Now, um, when I come to work and I've got to log into my computer, I've got like an eight, nine-digit that has to have a capital letter or number and a sign and things like that. You guys only need four digits. Now, that's very easy, and, and I love you guys for that. But again, isn't that a security risk? Uh, Vip, that's not necessarily the case. Uh, it looks in our, in our marketing, we talk about it, but that is after you've used all those fancy capital words and some uh, symbol. Hmm. We, we require all those digits. Now, after you've done that, then just to access your balance and do a certain bit of easy information, we let you use a four-digit. We are also going to be adding biometrics so that your voice as well as your thumb recognition will act like a four-digit. Mm. But that four-digit is only limited, and this is after you have. And the only way you can you can you get your four-digit is after you've logged in with your complex eight-digit, six-digit number. Wow. Lovelyne, this is for you. Um, banking as a whole tends to be a 
you know, for lack of a better word, tends to be a little bit of a boring experience uh, for me, for some of my friends. It, it's, it, it's part of life, I guess. But there's a feeling among the majority of the public that when they go onto the websites, you know, the sites are ugly. Um, they find that even though banks are trying to find out what the customers want, um, banks are slow to respond, and, and they do not understand how, I guess, communities work, banking communities, i.e. the customers. Um, you're the marketing and strategy officer for the bank, so what is your view to all of this? Sure. So I totally agree with you. Mm. Banking seems quite boring as it is today, and we're really creating, our mission is to change that, to actually let our customers feel that they can love their bank. Mm. And that is so difficult to do in an industry like banking. So how are we doing it? One is creating a visually attractive experience. So if you use our application or if you go on our website, I can promise you, you would have never seen a bank website or a banking application look as cool as ours. And we want people to feel like they're having fun when they're banking with us. And that's why we've created such an aesthetically pleasing application and website. Second, we feel that customers can only start loving a brand and an experience when they feel that they're part of the solution in building that company. And we, we allow our customers to help build Bank Mobile with us. And how do we do that? We um, allow our customers to send us emails. Mm -hmm. We're organizing focus groups with our customers. We're asking for their opinions on social media, all to get their opinions and ideas of how we can continuously innovate and make Bank Mobile even better than it is today. Well, here's the thing. A lot of the other banks claim to do the same. But I think what the response has been from, say, the people that I engage with is the response times are slow. It's, it's almost like um, bait and switch, you know, just feel like we're engaging. So we'll have a blog out there or here's a comment section and things like that. And we'll send an automated response saying thank you for your comments. We'll consider it, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but yeah. nothing really happens. And, and having, I guess, uh, in my experience, a lot of my friends are bankers. Um, they seem resistant. They seem reluctant. Uh, to adapt to change or actually take the customer's view seriously. So are you guys trying to adopt a different approach? What are you guys doing that's different? So we understand that there are limitations and Mm. resource constraints, and that's probably why big banks wish that they, they could do this but just don't have the responsiveness. We actually build our foundation on this principle Mm -hmm. of building a bank for the people and by the people. So this is not something that we wish we could do. This is our actual fundamental foundation of Bank Mobile. So we make sure that we have enough staff to be able to answer and respond to any email that we get within 24 hours and any uh, idea that we get through um, our call center. We also, as mentioned before, don't want our customers to wait more than a minute and a half ever. And right now there's absolutely no wait time. So we are very responsive because this is a pillar of who we are. We want to build this bank with the people. Now, you mentioned a few days ago when we chatted, there's some exciting developments that are going to be happening in the future with mobile banking. Can you share with us what you see going forward? 
Sure. So one feature that I'm really excited about is something called Can I Buy feature. Mm. And this will be taking your mobile banking app, snapping a picture of the barcode of any item that you see at any store, and then we can tell you what is the best deal you can possibly get for that item within your area. And then on top of that, we can also tell you by analyzing your financial health, since you are our customer and we know it, whether you should be buying that item or not. And then if you can buy that item, we would also be able to provide you a pre-approved loan to finance that purchase if necessary, and also offer you something like insurance if it's an expensive item as well. So it's these sorts of very innovative, cool, proactive sort of experiences that we're trying to build with Bank Mobile going forward. So Jay, if I wanted to buy a car, you're telling me that I just need to take a photo of the car and I I guess submit it to you guys while I'm in the showroom and then I will get back some sort of a uh, spreadsheet or something that shows the same car in in, in different garages for the sort of prices? We are meeting on the 15th of February with a a firm Mm -hmm. that we are working with. So if you would have a picture of the car or if you had the VIN number because you like the features in that car, right. we could immediately come up and we would tell you what's the wholesale price of that. We would tell you that these are the kind of dealerships where you are located right now within a 10-mile radius, 15-mile mm. radius, who have it. We can ask you, do you want them to bid for this car? And uh, and if yes, uh, we we will have them all bid for bid for the car. You know, like to, so that there's a competition created among the dealerships to right. for you to make them make you buy their car. And then on top of it, uh, we could if you say, uh, you know, I want to borrow money for this. What are the best ways? So we will give you our price for that sort of a credit arrangement and uh, and at the same time we feel that if we are not competitive it's our duty to let you know that you can shop it you know so that we have no problem we are not the last ones we give you our rates and our deal and we say if you can find a better deal you know it's in your best interest but this is our best rate and here's the reason why and and we think that the customer deserves that sort of a thing. We do the same thing. We will be doing, excuse me, the same thing for a home. Mm-hmm. You take a picture of a house, we can tell you what are the approximate value. We can tell you what are the approximate amount of taxes. We'll tell you what your principal and interest and tax payment on a monthly basis would be. We know what your paycheck is. We'll tell you whether you can qualify for this one or not. Or, And if not, we can hook you in into the realtor's database and show you the houses that are available in the same market area which you can qualify for. Now that, that is I'm unmatched. There is no way a branch bank can do that for you. No, you're absolutely right. And now you're sort of twerking my interest because now that's what I want a bank to do. Yes. And on that note, Jay, Loveline, I wish you both great success. Thank you so much for having us. Thank, Thank you so much, Rip. Thank, Thank you, and I do hope you disrupt what is presently a very boring industry for the average consumer. Thank you both <laughs> for coming on the show. Thanks a lot.
Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. Your comments and your follow are so very welcome on my Twitter account at VipJazzwell and my Facebook page. Just type in Vip Jaswell Report. Also, let me know what you think about today's show. A special shout-out of thanks to my wonderful team, William Sanchez and Rick Buser. I'll be back next Sunday at 6 p.m. Eastern with more fascinating stories that fill our lives with the inspiration and information we so need to kickstart the week. I wish you a wonderful evening tonight with your family and loved ones. And until next Sunday, have a productive and a happy week ahead. Mm-hmm.